Welcome to the podcast service of Sydney's FM 103.2. Available on the web at fm1032.com.au. Hello, I'm Kel Richards. And tonight we're uh, in the process of wrapping up. It's taking us a few nights to do it, but in the process of wrapping up this very special series entitled Journey Towards God, dealing with, I think, the most important subject on earth. And we're particularly in these last few nights as we're wrapping this thing up, talking about what happens to us when we die. The things the Bible says that will happen to us when we die. Now, I think this is, we've got to face this grim stuff, this reality. And one of the things the Bible says will happen to us when we die is something called resurrection. That happens to everyone, the Bible says. Maybe this is an idea you haven't really wrestled with yet. So let's talk about that tonight. Now, this is a much misunderstood word. I once had a listener write and say to me that resurrection happens all the time, he said, because people die on operating tables and surgeons revive them. But that is not resurrection. It doesn't mean resuscitation. This word resurrection means reuniting the soul with the body. Yes, it does mean that. But it means more than that. It means the body is restored to what God originally intended it to be. No disease, no illness, no suffering, no pain forever. Some people think they can have bodies like that in this life. Sorry, that's wrong. The Bible says that sort of body is reserved for this future time, for the resurrection. It is true that medical science has done wonders in extending our lives. Complex procedures bypass clogged, uh, clogged arteries, get little stents fitted, and kill rebels, cancer cells, filter impurities in the blood, replace worn-out joints. Vaccines have nearly el- eliminated polio and other dreaded diseases in the past. But no one has yet developed a vaccine against death. Unlike a new car or a new appliance that carries a, a warranty promising customer satisfaction, our body is not guaranteed against major breakdown that will cause it to quit. Uh, around about the average age, I guess, for most people of 70 to 80 years, something like that. Our body is susceptible to sickness and decay. If we are to live for eternity, we need a completely new model. In fact, we need a completely different type of body. The Bible tells us we will be given a new type of body at the resurrection. It is then that we will be dressed for eternity. Indeed, that's a good way to think about resurrection. It means being dressed for eternity. To understand what the Bible teaches about resurrection, we need to look at some basic questions. To begin with, let's see if we can be more precise about just exactly what resurrection is. Physical death is the separation of the body from the soul. This creates a problem, because without bodies we are incomplete. Resurrection reunites body and soul. It is a solution. It's not merely bringing back to life a corpse, but rather the recreation of the body to make it fit for eternity. So, why is resurrection necessary? Couldn't we simply exist forever as spirits? If we are basically spiritual beings, why do we need bodies? Well, the answer is that a body is part of our basic nature. To ask why human beings need bodies is to ask a question like, why do fish need gills? Why do birds need wings? Bodies are basic to our existence. The reason we are decaying and dying is not because we have bodies, because of what the Bible calls sin, and that means our wrongdoing. We've all done wrong. And wrongdoing, the Bible explains, is caused by our separation from God, our ignoring God, and the corruption this causes. This has infected our bodies. God designed us as physical and spiritual creatures who are bound to find ful- uh, fulfillment through physical and spiritual activities. 
just as having a, a physical nature without a spiritual nature would make us mere animals, so possessing a spiritual dimension without a physical shell would make us ra- rather more like angels, or something like angels anyway, rather than real human beings. New bodies are necessary to fulfil God's perfect justice. So then, how can we be sure of resurrection? Is there a precedent? What right do we have to believe that all people will be resurrected and given new bodies for eternity? The Bible says this, Jesus has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Jesus, but each in his own order, Jesus the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to him. And the bit of the Bible that tells me that is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 to 22. This is arguing that putting your trust, your reliance on God, and the hope of resurrection rests on the reality of the resurrection of Jesus. If Jesus did not rise, then hope is lost, and he is dead and under the same judgment as everyone else. But Jesus did rise from the grave. He did come back from the dead. The empty tomb, the hundreds of people who saw him alive after his death by execution and burial, plus the changed lives of his followers and the very existence of churches all over the place, are evidence that Jesus truly did come back from the dead. Because of his resurrection, we can put our trust, our reliance, our dependence upon him completely and confidently when he said that all will rise again. What happened to him will happen to others. Well now, on our journey towards God, we turn now to the big question of judgments, the final exam that stands between us and the sort of eternity we will inherit. Now, when I was in school, I tried not to think about tests, until I absolutely had to. After all, thinking about tests would have spoilt many an evening of watching television or talking to friends. Likewise, I have the feeling that most of us would rather not think about the final exam that we will take when we stand before God. That would cramp our style, wouldn't it? It would make us take life more seriously, be more conscious of wasted time. No, God's judgment isn't usually talked about at coffee breaks. We'd rather talk about sport. About the weather, our homes, our families, what's on TV, anything other than judgment. But just because the topic makes us uncomfortable and just because we would rather not think about it until we're forced to, doesn't mean that it's wise to ignore it or to delay facing the facts. We will all be judged. Fact. Unavoidable. And the time to get ready is now. Why is judgment necessary? If God is a God of perfect justice, then he must judge us after this life. The inequities and injustices of the earth must be resolved. God will not let those people who've ignored his guidance get away with it. Will not let those who have ignored him and his right to rule their lives get away with it. And God's judgment is evidence of God's love. If you love someone, you'll judge them. You'll care about them. You'll care whether they're doing well or not, doing the right thing or not. You won't bother to pass judgment on those people you're indifferent to, you don't care about. Because the opposite of love is not hate, the opposite of love is cold, callous indifference. Well, God is not cold, callous and indifferent, and because God loves, God judges. Who will be the judge? Well, Jesus does the judging. God has committed the task of judging to his one and only Son. The Bible says God has fixed a day on which he will judge the world 
with righteousness by the man he has appointed, and he's given the assurance of this by raising him from the dead. The part of the Bible that tells me that is Acts chapter 17 and sentence 31. Who will be judged? Well, the whole world. Every individual who's ever lived. This discussion about judgment is upsetting. Well, it should be upsetting. The Bible says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. That's Hebrews chapter 10 and sentence 31. We can't afford to take that warning lightly. Have you ever gone to your doctor or dentist or motor mechanic and heard good news and bad news at the same time? Your doctor might have said the good news is that you're still alive. The bad news is that it will take major surgery to keep you that way. Or uh, perhaps you took your daughter to the dentist and discovered she didn't have any cavities, but she's going to need braces, and for that you'll have to mortgage the house. Or maybe you took your car in for a routine brake check and the mechanic said, oh, the brakes are fine, but the engine's about to fall out. Good news and bad news is not only part of life, it's also part of death and the hereafter. The good news is many people will enjoy heaven. The bad news is many people will agonise in hell. The decision must be made in this life. Right now, between the cradle and the grave, this is the only time you have. You might think you can put this off until later. The problem is you don't know how much later you have. You may live for the next 24 years, but you may only live for the next 24 hours. The roads out there are dangerous places, even for pedestrians. Settle your eternal destiny by coming to terms with God. Settle it now. The only time you have is now. We are just about there with this long-running series on Journey Towards God. It is about to end. Uh, Two more bits, one tomorrow night, one next Monday night. And then the whole series will be over and done with and finished. Which saddens me a bit because I think it is such an important series and such an important topic. This is the thing that really matters. Maybe you've picked up some of the episodes along the way over the last few weeks. Well, if so, make sure you're with us when we wrap it up with the last couple of episodes tomorrow night and Monday night, drawing all the threads together making sense of the whole thing. Okay, a thought for the night. And our thought for the night tonight comes from Hebrews chapter 9 and sentence 27 in the New Testament part of the Bible. The Bible says, It is appointed for mortals to die once, and after that, the judgment. Until tomorrow night at this time, thanks for your company. I'm Kel Richards. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this FM 103.2 podcast. To listen to more great audio, visit fm1032.com.au.